Hi everyone. I'm at my friend's office, Rob Reddig. He's a chiropractor in town at Back to Basics uh, Chiropractic. And you know, the last several weeks, we've really been dealing with some heavy material. Uh, a lot of times I find people haven't really learned um, or thought deeply about things like the afterlife, like heaven, hell, um, all of those things that we've looked at in the last couple of weeks, the resurrection of the body, they really don't go beyond what they learned in elementary school, you know, usually about fifth, sixth grade, and then until it becomes an immediate issue, and then they start thinking about it. And so in the midst of last year and this year and all this stuff, I, I just felt it's incredibly important for us to be very crystal clear about where our real hope is, just in the midst of 2020, 2021. And today, I want to talk about a different aspect of salvation. All of those really are under the umbrella of salvation. And it kind of has the difference between the cross and the resurrection. And so often we focus on the cross and how our sin has been forgiven, which is very true because of Jesus' gift on the cross. He died for our sins to set us free. Three days later, he rose again. And that is all about new life. And, and both are incredibly important. And, and I really think for us to think about salvation, realizing those two work together, but new life, new creation, that's what our ultimate hope is all about, becoming a new creation. You know, in the book of Genesis, God is known as the God who creates. But from Exodus on, God is the God who saves. All the way to the New Testament when we read in John that the Father sent the Son to save the world. Now that word save is really interesting. In Greek, it's sozo. And it means, it's got a really wide bandwidth. Uh, it's about healing. It's about physical, spiritual, redemptive healing. It's about wholeness. It's, it's about all types of things. And, and when we hear a verse like, God sent the Son to save the world, that could also be translated as God brought the Son to bring healing to the world. God brought the Son to bring wholeness to the world. And I wonder, just thinking about that, how do you hear that differently? We are saved from something, but we're also saved for something. This is an incredibly important aspect of salvation. And like I say, we, we often focus on the cross and that I've saved from my sin, which is so true, and the guilt and the shame. We're forgiven. We're set free from those things. And, and this is more in the new life category. And I think this is incredibly important because I'm saved from my sin, but I'm saved for life in the kingdom of God. And this is so huge. You know, what I've done, I'm set free from. I, I'm forgiven. It's, it's in the past. The guilt, the shame of what I've done is gone. But this also includes healing the effects of what I've done relationally, you know, with others. If I've done something to another, there's a redemptive process that occurs as we live kingdom life. Because salvation isn't just being saved from my sin. It's being saved for the kingdom. Everything about life changes. Now, why am I in Rob's office? Well, you know, um, my wife once said that 
all men never really mature past the junior high. And what did she mean? Well, I think in, in my 30s, that meant that, frankly, farts are always funny. In my 40s, you know, I still like to, you know, drive fast and four-wheel drive, and, and I, I'd love to go up in the mountains and stuff like that. And in my 50s, it means I hurt myself a lot because I still think that I can do what I could do when I was 18. And I've been in this office from a variety of things. Uh, you know, I hurt myself martial arts. I had to have surgery on my knee. I hurt myself with a kettlebell. I overdeveloped my psoas, fell off a roof. All of these things that I did to myself, that I harmed myself, and I needed to seek some healing, uh, someone to do something for me that I couldn't do myself. And, and Rob has become a great friend, but also he, he heals me of the stupid things that I do. And I, I really think he saves me from that injury, but even more important, he saves me so I can go out and live life to the fullest. Um, you know, I can fall off the roof again, hopefully not. But I think with Rob, uh, I wanted to ask him as someone whose vocation is to bring healing, what is the difference as he sees his calling and living out this calling to bring healing to the world? So I'm gonna invite Rob to come in. There is an amazing story in Mark 5 where this man comes to Jesus and he says that his little girl is dying. And so Jesus follows him. His name's Jairus. And Jesus follows him. And on the way, this woman comes up from behind and touches his cloak. And she's healed. And later on, when she starts talking with Jesus, he says, Daughter, your faith has sozoed you. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. I was really interested how Rob would hear uh, the difference between those two words in healing. Rob, what do you think about that? So some people have physical ailments. Some people have structural ailments, muscular, skeletal, ligamentous, tenderness. So when I think about the healing, when I hear that story, I think a lot about how the, uh, the physician provider plays a role in working with person's desire to achieve some level of, of health or wholeness. A lot of times what I feel like um, when, we, when we, we get to work with patients, they have a desired goal, whether it to be uh, healthier, more fast, faster. Uh, look at you. It's kind of like working with you, Brian. It's uh, a lot of times I, I get the privilege of seeing you after some martial arts. I get the privilege of seeing you after uh, just a great weekend of having some fun with the family. But, but you and I have a conversation on a, a regular basis of, of what it is we can do together. You have confidence in what you're asking of me. I have confidence that you'll follow what I'm going to do. And you and I can usually achieve our goals very quickly. Healing happens a lot of times with that confidence between the doctor and the patient. And I really appreciate that about you and, and, and my patients as well. It's, um, it's a wonderful experience to be able to work with somebody. And so when I hear that story, I, I think a lot about the confidence people put in the education that we have, the, uh, the knowledge, skill, and ability. So I really do spend a lot of time um, listening to what people have to say and what it is that they want to achieve. Sometimes it's just getting started, which is very difficult. And healing can sometimes just start with just asking. And, that, um, and then when you talk about that story, I think, you know, how, how wonderful that is for somebody to have that confidence that what is in front of them is going to help them.
whatever that might be. Much like when I get you face down, I can put my hands around your back and start making you taller. Ooh, I love that. Mm -hmm. All right, lift your chin. There it is. Yeah. So when I know what you've been up to, I can do a lot better work with you. And then when I don't know what you're up to and you're really busy, um, I always feel like our relationship is based on that communication. And, and you have a lot of faith in my knowledge, skill and ability, and I have a lot of confidence in what you tell me. Um, so I, I think faith has a lot to do with uh, that relationship between your doctors and your patients, for sure. So Brian, you know, some of the things that I think about with my patients uh, working with them, we, we, we want to make sure that uh, what brings you in, what brings you to me, uh, helps you, um, what brings you to me helps me understand what we want to try to achieve. Um, I know what your needs are and we know where the injuries are. So our goal really is to try to lead you to that recovery, we lead you back to a state of wholeness, to, mm -hmm. to health and recovery. And so knowing what is causing the pain and the problem helps me make a better plan for you to get you where you need to be. My plan for you may not make sense to you sometimes. Sometimes it might make complete sense. And if we don't make sense, we can, we can access Google, we can access a medical book, and you and I can achieve our education so you have understanding as to the why. Sometimes the why is a little confusing. Mm -hmm. But from what we do, a lot of times, especially with your, your activity, if, for those that don't know, Brian's a martial arts and he's always usually coming in with something unique. Uh, but our goal is not to take him away from what he loves, but rather to help him continue with that. So it's always my job to find his goals and then put my knowledge to good work to make sure he can continue down his path of health. It's really nice. Coming around, I like this bro. Cool, all right. So for me, it's a, it's a plan. There's a desired plan that I have for you. There's a desired plan that we want to make sure you achieve to help you be your whole person, to be, you, to be healthy. So I really enjoy the opportunity to work with you, as you know, uh, and the education that both of us get. It's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. I, I can't always say that what I have to give you is, is what you need. It's sometimes a two-way street. So I do appreciate you very much. Thank Genuinely, you. thank you. Me too. Thanks, brother. You bet. You know, so often I'll come in and I know there's an issue, but I don't really know what the issue is and, and especially how to, how to fix it. And it's amazing to talk through and Rob will kind of work on me and pretty quickly he can define what the issue is, but also get me on a path to healing. I think what an amazing analogy for Jesus. You know, if Jesus was a dead historical figure, we would be able to, to do some research and find out some things about him, but it would be things that happened before he died. And uh, the great thing about this notion of the living Jesus, we have a relationship with him. We get to interact with him. We get to learn new things about him, and he teaches us new things about us. And the more our relationship develops and grows, the more we really see this world in a kingdom worldview. And we see where we might be falling short and, and not just where we might fall, be falling short, but he helps us through the Holy Spirit to change those things as, as we live as disciples, as citizens of his kingdom this side of eternity. There's so many aspects to salvation. You know, 
Historically, there's really three ways of looking at salvation. And, and the first one, and you've probably heard me talk about this before, but an early, early, early person in the faith, a man named Augustine. And Augustine, his notion of salvation was basically you're on a train going to heaven or a train going to hell and you have no say in the matter whatsoever. And that was predestination. And about the same time, there was another man uh, named Pelagius, and he said, no, you're born at a train station, and you get to decide which train you want to go on. It's all up to you. That was pretty much the only way to look at that situation uh, for quite some time, a lot of centuries. You know, if, if you study John Calvin, that goes back to predestination, goes back to Augustine. Um, Martin Luther was an Augustinian monk. I mean, he was steeped in Augustine's thought. A man named John Wesley, who's my theological hero, uh, he was in the, the 1700s, and Wesley had a little bit different take on it. And he said, we are all, we're all going on a train away from God because there's just an inherent brokenness deep down within us. And at one point we decide, I don't want to be, I don't want to be on this train. I want to be on this train going with God. And we jump off the train and we start running and we start running toward this train. We want to be with God. We want to be in this kingdom. And, and that train's always just a little bit further than we can make it. As hard as we run and as much as we try, we can never make it. And at one point we just fall and we collapse and we realize I can't do this. And that's the moment that Jesus picks us up and puts us on that train. And really, our lives are spent, as uh, St. Teresa of Avila would say, cleaning out the boxcars of our hearts, just, you know, uh, opening up the, the curtains and the doors, and the Holy Spirit just sweeps all the dust and the decay out, one room by one room by one room by one room. And that's, that's the journey of sanctification. The point is, we can't do it on our own. We need a Savior. And there's a point in our lives that we need to just drop on our knees and realize there's nothing on this earth that is really going to bring us hope. And in 2020, 2021, we need to be very clear about the source of our hope. It's not myself. It's not a political figure. It's in Christ and Christ alone. Salvation is offered. You can be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, this side of eternity, and, and, and it starts an eternal journey, but it begins right now. I just invite you, if you maybe need to come back, maybe you want to start that journey, I invite you to pray with me. Lord, I thank you for your hope. I thank you for the gift of salvation. I thank you for the gift of new creation. In the midst of this season where we all need hope, help us to realize our hope is not to be found on this earth, not in politics. Our faith and our hope 
rests in Christ and Christ alone. And for those of us who need to turn back, Lord, we ask that this might be a day that we might put just a stake in the ground. That I've turned back and I rededicate my life to you. But some of us, Lord, we need to start the journey and we need to start it now. Lord, help us to accept that new life, this salvation that you offer. Help us to be a citizen of your kingdom. And Lord, I give my heart to you on this day and for all days until that day when we meet at your heavenly banquet for all eternity. with you and your creation in the new creation. We thank you for the gift of hope. In your son's name we pray. Amen.